step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. 355, ladies and gentlemen, we are live in living Kelligan, funky like a monkey, if you will. I think I'm going to make uh, swinging the... Uh, <laughs> microphone, something uh, fun uh, from now on. It looks like uh, my cam is acting up here. Let me fix that real quick. <clears throat> um, let me fix it real, really, really, really quick. There we go. Live and living, Culligan, Funk Like a Monkey, if you will. I am Chris Featherstone. This is episode 355. We are live. Pancakes and Power Slam show. Looks like there was a few technical difficulties, but you know what, baby, we are here. <clears throat> we are live. We are living color. Three hundred and fifty-five episodes. Uh, some interesting stuff that developed this weekend with the Pancakes and Power Slam show. We'll talk about that. I tweeted a few things too. Uh, I, I texted uh, this person who's uh, live on the show tonight. Um, I texted him the 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 really fun information about how popular the Pancakes and Power Slam show has become. Uh, so as people here load on the chat room, we're going to bring them on. Uh, and, you know, I don't 
I haven't counted how much how many times he's been on the show actually. Um, he may have broke the record or close to it. I know that uh, Marty Elias is up there. I know that Ken Anderson um, is up there. JTG probably has the record, maybe like six or seven times. I think this person is at six, maybe seven, six or seven. Um, <laughs> clearly one of my favorite guests because uh, <laughs> he's been on – He's in the top three, of course. He's definitely in the top three. I think it's either six or seven, and he's been on the show now. Uh, so, obviously, obviously, he's one of my favorite guests. So, now he's going to do a live Q&A. I don't know. I think this, this might have been his first live Q&A. He's been on the show uh, as a tag team before and uh, with a former business partner, one of his closest friends, Ken Anderson. And he's been on the show separately as well, and I don't think I don't think it's ever been a live Q and A with, with this with this person. So let's do it. Without further ado, he is Sean Devare. How are you tonight, sir? Hey guys, what's going on? Man, it's uh, it's great to have you on the show yet again and yet again. Yeah, you know, actually, as you're, I was kind of just listening to you as you were saying how many times we've been here. Like, I, I, I don't know how many times we've been on either, but this will be the first time I'm doing a, a Q&A type game. Like, and I'm actually kind of, I'm kind of excited to do it. That's why you said Ken was the other one. I think like five of them, me and Ken, have done together you know, out of the seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and Ken have done a few of them together, yeah. Those are a lot of fun. I, I only do these uh, solo interview things. Uh, I, I don't. I don't like doing them too much, just because it's kind of a lot of the same stuff. And I, I feel like um, this Q and A would be fun. You know, it's just something different. But also, like when I got to do it with you guys and Ken, that would be a world of fun because they never let you do it with like, your buddy. You know, it's, it's always just you're by yourself. But when you have another person, that made it so much more fun. Or even now that like in this format, this is, I'm really excited because it's not going to be the same. You know, through the Q&A, you kind of get from everybody who just wants to run down in your career. Well, like, you know, if you right. now that the world's online, like, you can listen, like, my last 10 interviews in a row if you want before before you listen to this one. They're all going to be the same way, but, but these are fun. Right. Yeah, 100% correct, man. It's just <laughs> – and it's funny because uh, we, we've, we've talked a bunch off air and um, – you know, we were talking about um, uh, just the, the formatting and and how. I mean, you said the same thing with me off air because uh, uh, when we talked about you coming back on the show, and we were like, okay, so let's just do something different. Like, like you've you've yeah. been on dozens and dozens and dozens of interviews. You've you've done this spiel so much. Like, you can you can interview you you can have an interview on a podcast on your sleep with the same questions. Hey, so, you know, how'd you break into the business and sure, change sure. you, and, you know, all, <laughs> all the, all the normal stuff that you've regurgitated over and over again. But, you know, a Q and a is, it really died. And I've had a bunch of these Q and A's and I really enjoy the Q and A's almost more than any other interview because it really dives into the ability for the fans to interact because it's different from me as the interviewer, as the journalist to, ask you questions because it's a lot of a lot of cookie cutter feel but you know right. the the q a format is a lot more spontaneous uh than, than a regular you know cookie cutter type interview that i'm sure that you and many other wrestlers have gotten quite bored of 
Sure. I mean, it's just, it's just always it's just sort of a rundown of your career and, and your career, you know, my career doesn't change that much. You know, it changes over the span of four or five years, <laughs> right. but like year to year, it doesn't change that much. You're just kind of giving them the same recap. Right. So within the past year, I've, I've, I've been at this indie show. I've been at this indie show. I got this call from yeah, here. Yeah. I was at All In. <laughs> yeah, 2018 yeah, so, uh, was the first year, and I have some new stuff to talk about, finally. That's true. That's true. And then it's, I think, I think the next week or the week after you came on the show, uh, they talked about all in. So, <laughs> so it was quite, I think yeah, it was oh, actually, yeah, that's right, that's right. I think, yeah, it was the two, I think it was the Tuesday after all in you came on the show and talked. Well, about I it, remember so. you, you, you um, texted me and asked why, uh, why did I go out with Nick? Right. That was, that was you. He said, why did yep. you go out with Nick Aldis? Yep. He gave you a story and he said, Oh, cool. Do you want to tell that on my show? I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, there you are, right? There you go. <laughs> yep. So, uh, and, and it was uh, very interesting, uh, very interesting stuff, too. So, all right. So, we got some questions rolling in already, man. So, it's going to be That's of kind fun. of amazing, pretty, right? Isn't that kind of cool. funny that the last time that we talked about it was after the All In show, and now, like, the next time I'm on your show, it just happens to coincidentally be around the time that All In has mutated into something completely different. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, what, what a very serendipitous thing, right? Yeah, that is very serendipitous. I absolutely agree with that, a hundred percent. All right, so let's go into the uh, let's go into the questions here. We got GSP's asking. Uh, besides growing, uh, the hashtag is Ask Sean. So Ask Sean. Um, uh, actually, you know what? How about what do you want? What do you want, Sean? You want hashtag Ask Sean or Ask Davari? Which one do you want? Whatever you want. Ask, like AFK or AXV, like fire me, like fire Devari. So it's something like ask Devari. Oh, ASK. Yeah, ask Devari sounds better. Ask Devari sounds like releasing okay, yeah. contract. Right, right. Yeah. Hashtag ask Devari. Yeah, ask Devari. <laughs> so what are we going to say? Fire Devari today. Get up out of here. <laughs> uh, so uh yeah hashtag uh hashtag ask davari we'll we'll do that one there um <clears throat> someone's calling you the real maharaja <laughs> that's cool. hilarious uh <laughs> all right so the first question here is uh besides growing up as a bret hart fan uh who did you grasp to when you first entered the wrestling business i said that not because everyone gets along cold world man good question what was the last bit he said? Well, after I got in, I say that because bit? not cool world man. A cold world man is what he said. Cold world. Cold, cold world. Yeah. No, um, you know, after once I got started, I, I once I actually got into the wrestling because I started really young, too, I was sixteen years old. So once I got in, like I was such a like there was no such thing as bad wrestling to me. I just like took it all in. Like when I was a fan, there was some stuff I liked and some stuff I didn't like, but. Once I started wrestling, I just loved all of it. I loved tag wrestling, the girls, the guys, high-flying heavyweights, you know, blood and guts and violence and, and glass and barbed wire and, and also technical stuff from Europe. Like, once I got into business, I, and I still, I still am that way. I'm just enamored by all aspects of it, and I'm, I'm, I'm really enamored mm-hmm. by seeing what people do in the ring and how the audience reacts to it. That's, that's the part that fascinates me. That's why I can like so much different stuff and it really doesn't matter uh what's happening in the mm-hmm. ring i'm really fascinated by what happens in the ring and then after it happens i like to watch the audience and see how they react and that's that really yeah. 
that really is more fascinating than even the actual production they're putting on in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know what? You know what's something we haven't done. So I, I think I might want to integrate this with the with the Q and A. We never did a sure. name. I, I've never done a name association with you. As many times as I get you, yeah. as you've been on the show, I've never done a name association with you. So um, I don't have a good memory. As people uh, every single time, I don't remember. <laughs> no, we've never had one. It's funny. And I don't even remember the first year. I think probably this this show was this 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 show celebrates seven years in April. I think uh, wow. I think you started coming. I think the first time you came on was two thousand and fifteen or sixteen, maybe. So yeah, that's when I was writing for Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, I think two thousand fifteen when I was I was writing for Sports Illustrated. Oh, yeah, that was the first thing. That's how we kind of got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that was our initial connection. Yep, yep, that was, yep, that's how we got cool. And in the very beginning was the the SI piece. And uh, that was the first interview I had with you. And I think that was, I think that was late 15. I think it was late 15. Um, So it's been, it's been, it's been a while. It's crazy. Actually, I want to look that up and see what, see what year that was. I think it was late 15, if I'm not mistaken, the first time I interviewed you on the show. So, um, um, Someone said that you could have uh, easily been in the hardcore division because you're tough as nails. Uh, any any hardcore division um, stories? No, I, I'm wondering what what they're referencing. I, I mean, I appreciate the comments and I kind of agree with them, but I really I wonder what in my career they saw that made them jump to that conclusion. Because usually I'm a, I'm a cowardly <laughs> heel. <laughs> I wonder why they got there. But no, I I love wrestling for the ICP man. Anytime I do those Juggalo Championship wrestling shows, they are so much fun. Mm-hmm. All their matches, you know, there's no DQs in their matches, uh, and anything goes. And a lot of times I've got yeah. to wrestle with like. Um, uh, Too Tough Tony, who was like their heavyweight champion at the time. I have some really good series of matches with him, and those involve, you know, yeah. tables and fire and all that stuff. And especially Necro Butcher, I got to wrestle with Necro Butcher quite a bit, and he, mm. he was a lot of fun. I like it so much because it's not something that I get booked in often, so they're they're super rare for me. You know, like there are some hardcore guys, so that's kind of their gimmick, and they do them all the time. They're just a run of the mill thing that they do, or they don't do them. But it's nothing that's ever my shtick, yeah. so I, I I rarely get them. So I've had them pop up, you know, here and there. It's only a couple times a year that maybe I get to do it. So it's a lot of fun. It's definitely a yeah. new challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I wrote the article. The article was published on November eighteenth, two thousand fifteen. So November. So right at the beginning of twenty sixteen. Uh. Yeah. So. November eighteenth, twenty fifteen was when I published the article. So I think you were on the show a week or two beforehand. So that's the first time you're on the show, November of two thousand fifteen. Cool. So it's been a while, man. Um, Joe said, "I uh, loved you as a manager back in the day." Henry, Mark Henry, great colleague. Kurt Angle, uh, Muhammad Hassan, enjoy them all. Wanted to get your take on if WWE could use more managers to help enhance talent in these scripted times. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, I think at any time past their presence or, you know, going into the future, as long as the manager is effective in the act, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's good. It's a good thing. But there's a lot of times, you know, where the manager is just a part of the act that it really doesn't 
bring anything to the table. I was kind of lucky, with the exception of Kurt Angles uh, being his manager. I, I was always kind of lucky where I got to be showcased with a guy for a specific reason. And even with Kurt, I had a purpose. My purpose was the people were cheering him, and he was a bad guy, so they needed me to stay with him yeah. so he could, you know, hold to the heat against Cena. So I really had a purpose in that sense. But what I meant to say was his act, he was so over and popular and set on his own that I kind of, I was kind mm-hmm. of like a hat in the hat at that point, but he didn't need me. But, um, but with the other guys, like to get Mark Henry a lot of steam to step up the card, and for Kali, who couldn't talk, and then Muhammad coming in, you know, he kind of needed me to speak a foreign language and legitimize the package that we were. Like, you know, I was lucky I got to use well. So I think any opportunity, like that Leo Rush and Bobby, I think they're a perfect uh, package together. The way, you know, what, what Leo brings to the table and what Bobby brings to the table together, it's a, yeah. it's like a plus, you know, the, the sum of their parts are greater than what they're doing separately, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was... I'm a huge Bobby Lashley fan. I was very happy with what happened on Raw. I just, I liked it. I've said it on the show before. I like the pairing. Um, I, I, I liked the pairing at the beginning, and then as the weeks progressed, they just poorly booked them, and it seemed like Leo Rush was having kind of, kind of shining. And then they kind of, you know, what they did on Raw with him, him winning the Intercontinental Championship. Finally, they allowed Lashley to get some type of shine because it seemed like uh, Leo Rush was kind of overpowering him character-wise. But I think uh, I think it helps Lashley, um, but we'll we'll see. Um, all right, so let's do uh, some name association before I ask a few of these questions. I'm really interested about this. Actually, I'm pretty excited because we've never, yeah. never done this on the show with you. I've done it with a bunch of other people. What? Never done with you. All right, so let's. Um, <clears throat> And I'm looking, I mean, you know, a PG version of, of 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 just backstage story, if you can, of how this sure. person is, and, and you know, just the uh, just the raw and uncut. Uh, um, let's uh, anybody else, any of the chat room, if you have a, you know, wrestling name to for a name association, drop it as well uh, uh, while we ask the question. So, let's start with. Um, I want to say somebody kind of different because you usually get the John Cena's and the Triple H's and stuff like that. How about how about Mark Henry? Mark is such a cool dude, and this is this is going back to even uh, before we worked together when I was coming into WWE like 2002 and three doing like dark matches and tryouts and stuff. You know, and he was already an established guy in the roster there. Um, he was so cool. He would be nice, come up to extras, and you know he would remember you. You know. He would have, I don't think you remember my name or anything, but he was like, hey, man, good to see you again. How's it going? Uh, have you talked to JR, Johnny Ace, anybody about maybe seeing if you could get to Ohio Valley Wrestling? Or, you know, it's like really cool like that. I always remembered that was something that uh, even before I got to WWE, it was, it was so noticeable to me what an awesome guy he was. And I think, you know, the stories that, that people have said about him since go on and go on, and, and every single one of them is true. He's just a gentle giant, a sweetheart. Nice. Speaking of Giants, what about the Big Show? Big Show's a cool guy, too. He was someone that uh, I really didn't work with him very much. Uh, for most of the time that I was in WWE, we were on different shows, and even when we were on the same show, um, you know, our programs never caught, crossed paths. I think I think we might have had a couple of tag matches on house shows or something, but and another cool guy who's just really a, re- a really good, solid dude. You know, I think by the time that I was there, he was pretty much – a different version of himself. He says that 
when he was younger, he was much more arrogant and brash and, and uh, I sometimes an asshole to be around and stuff. But from my experience with him, when I signed with the company in 2004 on, he's always been just a super, you know, chill locker room leader, like really nice, responsible guy. Oh, nice. Um, Aria, your brother. He's my, my favorite wrestler. He's like the, my favorite part of my WWE career is him. Is what, like, there's nothing I've done that I even care about or even like, really enjoy, but watching him on 205 Live is like my, my favorite thing about WWE is being able to watch him on there. Because pretty much, you know, his whole career up to now, I, I haven't been able to see a lot of it. It's just been on indie shows and, and you know, over the last 10 years, you know, just recently every indie show can be filmed and put on the internet, but they used to not really be an opportunity. So now it's like, even though my brother's already been up and running for 13 years now, it's like for the first time I'm ever get to see him have matches. I, I get, I get the proud soccer mom gimmick now, but I get, I get why I'm so excited to watch your kids play. <laughs> I remember you, I think it was something, I think it was something you tweeted. Cause I know you don't have a Facebook account anymore. Either posted on Facebook when you had a Facebook account or you tweeted something and just really putting your brother over as far as just how, you know, just it was the greatest moment of your career to see that, just, you know, see your brother get, uh, you know, signed and uh, WWE contract. So that's, that's really, that's really cool. I, I appreciate just your, of course it makes him feel great because, you know, he has his brother to support him, you know, during this journey to finally, you know, get that WWE, um, you know, uh, opportunity, which just about I'd imagine every every wrestler desires at least you know at least to say you know it's funny because uh, I remember Kevin Owens before he before he signed I saw an interview with him when he was still Kevin Steen and he he made a really really good point he said that he would ra- he would rather get signed with WWE to say that he went he rather he'd rather get signed with WWE to say that he experienced it and hated it than for him to not get signed at all and, and never have oh, that course. experience. Of course. I just yeah. watched that Nigel so, McGuinness documentary it. that played on the network and like oh, it, it yeah. made my heart and I heard my heart bleed for Nigel because yeah. I was there at TNA right yeah. when he showed up. I remember I remember it was on the internet that he signed with WWE and then like the next T V tapings he was there catering eating with us and you know, I was friendly with him from Ring of Honor and stuff. And I was like, what's going on? What's, what's happening here? And he goes, yeah, they just they didn't work out. They didn't sign me. I'm here now. And uh, that was the expense that he, he put it over to me. But then when I was watching this, I was going, oh, crap. Like, I had no idea yeah. how much that was eating him up inside. I, I, I really I really was so ignorant. And he never he never sold it or nothing. and never explained it to me or anything. I just thought, oh, the WWE thing didn't work out. And he's in TNA now. And then, like watching that documentary, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that poor guy, he was, he was crushed. Yeah, yeah, I saw it too, and and I, you know, yeah, I agree. Just my heart just went out for him as well. Just, I mean, just to have it yanked, and you know, to be truthful about what was going on with him, you know, just to have the doctor still not clear him after he had clearance from his. You know, uh, from you know his particular you know doctor, and it was just really sad. I mean, it's it's awesome that he's commentating now, but at the same time, I'd imagine because I remember he was talking to Mauro Ronaldo. You can't ever understand when people have situations like that in the past. 
that you take to like the where he is right now. He seems extremely happy, and I've seen him every time. You know, I've been to an arena when WWE's been in town or whatever, and you know, we both uh, chit chat or whatever. Um, and he's so happy now, and like, let's not let's not you know excuse from the realm of possibilities that he was a part of the first season of NXT and he choked out, you know, Justin Roberts and was fired and never brought back. You know, it it is very possible that this story wouldn't have been a pretty one. He could have been potentially Loki where Loki came in there. They really didn't use him the way Loki wanted to be used. It was an awful experience. And then he left and then maybe he wouldn't have this beautiful commentary position he has now. And he seems to love and probably more days at home with his family. So it's one of those things that you never know. You just can only emphasize with what somebody might have been going through when it happened, but to, to try and hold on to that and run healthy, to try and hold on to that and say, oh, I wish I got there. It's like, no, you don't. You do because you think you would have gone there and you would have won the Royal Rumble and you would have made event at WrestleMania and you would have been the world champion. You think right. that's what would have happened, but there's no promise of that. There's no promise you would have got down to a developmental and build them up would have injured you when you were gone and they wouldn't let you go because you had no knees left. You know, like you don't know. Yeah. I think that is a fantastic perspective, a fantastic point toward that hundred percent agree with you. I think it's just, it all just lined up the way that it was supposed to. And like you said, it could have, he could have been just the, you know, forgettable name of the past, like a, you know, unfortunate. Of, you know, he, he, at that time, uh, very possibly he could have been like Scotty Goldman. Yeah, or Braden Walker, you know, Chris Harris. Yeah, at that time, I mean? it's very uh, You never know, but but it was just so yeah, it was just hard for you to see that that's what he was going through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Especially uh, now that he's enjoying it so much, it's fantastic. Right, <laughs> right, 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 exactly. I, I agree with that. So, uh, all right, a few more name drops and a few more questions, and I'll, I'll uh, get you uh, get you going, man. I, of course, as always, I enjoy uh, chatting with you. Um, Definitely. Let's see. Wild Boys asking. Oh, uh, let's let's ask this one. GSP. Uh, you know, you know, uh, you had to know you were going to get this question. Whether it was house show or TV, what was the worst pop you and Muhammad Hassan received? <laughs> the worst pop? Yeah, the worst pop you ever received. Is he trying to say like, the most heat? Like I don't know what the worst. Does that mean like the quietest reaction? The worst pop or? You mean the most heat? Yeah, let's, just, let's go with that one. Let, let's go with both the, the 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 best heat and the worst heat. Uh, I mean, I, I know I, the the worst pop for me sounds like no crowd reaction, and I've been fortunate in my career. I've never really had that uh, happen. Um, but I would say like the strongest reaction I ever heard was at the Madison Square Garden show when um, Hulk Hogan returned, and uh, me and Muhammad were beating up Shawn Michaels and Hogan came out in Raw for the first time in a while. And uh, that pop for Hogan was the most intense thing I've ever... There was, at the end of the segment, there was, like, gray stuff in, on, the, on my hair, and it was dust from the rafters because the people were making so much noise. The rafters were vibrating. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow. It, was, it was... If you go back and watch it on YouTube or something, like, it was... It's it's ridiculous for how how small of an arena that was, how nuts the people were going. Um Garden's, garden's always electric anyways. And then uh, probably the most heat I ever had was one time me and Great Kali, well, I, I was just out there, it was Great Kali wrestled Rey Mysterio on a SmackDown in San Diego. And, and just and this one, I think it was like right after Ray won the belts too, like his first, first time in San Diego as world champion. 
and Kali squashed him in a non-title match in like 30 seconds. And like, it was just an mm-hmm. extend of like booze that it wasn't necessarily the most, he just didn't end. And then that was the only time uh, I was leaving an arena where people like rocking our car and throwing like batteries and lighters at us and stuff. And like, like, you know, destroying Rey Mysterio in San Diego was the most sacrilegious thing you could do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how you get heat. <clears throat> that's how yeah. it's supposed to be. Um, name association, Joe, uh, says JBL. You know, John's a guy that never really had a, he was just like an older guy. So I was never kind of in my circle. Like he was around at SmackDown and stuff, but like, you know, most of the, like the 19, 20 year old guys, we like to just go out and the shows and party. Like we weren't, we weren't hanging around too much. We had a couple like international tours where you just kind of like sit around and catering or after the show and just like drink and like, it'd just be a big it was like a night out at camp where you just pick on everybody or whatever. It's just like, yeah, yeah, the you know, big kids pick on the younger kids type stuff. But anything serious I wasn't a part of. And usually all of that BS was just like waiting until they started getting drunk and then the older guys want to go to sleep and the young kids would go to the nightclubs and party. <laughs> um, Wildboy's asking, how fulfilling is it to train the next crop of wrestling talent? Dude, that, that's I didn't even think about this. Like when I got into working more behind the scenes in wrestling. I just thought it was just a, a logical transition that somebody should make when they're getting ready to, or in the process of winding down their in-ring career. A uh, complete side effect of it that I didn't even think of is how much I would enjoy it um, when I would have certain talents that would start to click. And I have a handful of kids from the Academy of Minneapolis. I still talk to them. I think about, you know, I'll see a wrestling match and I'll see a move and I'll be like, oh, that's perfect for so-and-so and I'll, shoot him a text and be like, hey, watch this clip on YouTube. You should try this next time you wrestle. You know, stuff, that stuff is so fulfilling, way more fulfilling. I think it's a little bit of that same kick I was talking about watching Aria wrestle. It's just it's way more fulfilling to see somebody else succeed with my guidance than it is to use my own guidance to make myself succeed, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's the modern-day uh, karate kid, you know, same, same yeah, yeah, deal, I guess, you know. sort of. Like, if somebody, if I got to go out on, you know, NXT and do a dark match, like, it would be, you know, whatever. It's, it's just, it's a job. It's just something I would do. But, like, when one of my uh, kids from the academy, his name is uh, JDX, Justin Xavier, when he got to go down to NXT and do a dark match, I was just like, oh, my God, I was so happy. I'm so excited. Like, look at yeah. it, you know, it's like just here. I, I was so, for me, it would just be like another day of going to work and having a match. But for somebody else, it was like I was way more than just work. I was so emotionally invested in that situation for someone else, you know. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Brandon's asking, uh, who do you think will win the Royal Rumble? Yeah, it'll be awesome with Mustafa Ali, right? That would, I kind of feel like that would be the that yeah. would be the one that was I, I almost be someone I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. That would be the one that would be you know if a guy like. Um, Tim Ballard wins it if a guy like uh, 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 Almas wins it or something. I feel like that would be very good, but it would be very, like, I could totally understand why those guys would win it. But there would be a guy like Mustafa Ali that would win it. And at first, I think fans would be like, what, this guy, he's serious? But then as the story unfolds as we go to a WrestleMania, I think he would be the most engaging story. Mm. And it'll wrap, wrap around. It's a very bold prediction, by the way. But it'll wrap around to how he got, you know, how he debuted on SmackDown Live, especially if Daniel Bryan retains the, you know, WWE Championship. He kind of, he's kind of 
moved into Joe now, feeling with Joe, but he still kind of has some loose ends when it comes to Daniel Bryan. So uh, it, it'll I'm make just, sense. The way, if, the way in a beautiful situation, I would love to see Mustafa Ali win the Royal Rumble and go wrestle Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. And the finish of that match doesn't even matter at that point. Like by the time Mustafa mm-hmm. Ali gets to WrestleMania, he's a made star, win, lose, or draw. Daniel Bryan has a new mm-hmm. opponent to that. You know, when, you, when you're super over like Daniel Bryan is and like AJ is, it's hard to find those guys' opponents. That's the thing that people always have a hard mm-hmm. time understanding is the, 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 you're a victim of your own success. When you're super popular, it's hard. In either way, super popular as a heel or super popular as a babyface. When you're popular, it's mm-hmm. hard to find your opponents. Those champions that are kind of like lukewarm are the best ones because you can match them with anybody. But when you got a, a mm-hmm. champion who's like super popular in either direction, heel or babyface, they're really hard to book with. And then you end up just getting a lot of rematches when you do have some yeah. networks. Good point. Uh, Simply Deep is asking, uh, has, uh, have you ever had an embarrassing moment in the ring? Oh, my God, countless. 50% of my career has been embarrassing. <laughs> I get it. I can't answer that. Um, I think one of my favorite ones, though, this is when, like, so much is embarrassing, but it's funny, was uh, I used to wear those pants like Sabu, where it was like, a, you know, just like a genie-looking pants or whatever, and I was wrestling Kane That was when you were with Kuchir, right? What's that? Is that when you were, you wore them when you were Bashir, right? Yeah, I did it as Bashir, and I did it in WWE and stuff. And um, I was wrestling Kane on SmackDown, and I was, like, climbing out of the ring, and he was supposed to grab me. And as he grabbed me by the seat of the pants, and he pulled it, like, it has a waistband on it, but the string on the waistband, like, snapped when he, like, pulled it. And he mm-hmm. pulled it, and he was, like, pulled my pants down. My ass was hanging out on SmackDown, so I'm trying to get out of the ring. I was like, oh, crap. Oh, no. So, I was like, what? so we just finished our deal or whatever. I'm like, yeah, it's SmackDown. Don't tape it. It'll fix it by Thursday or whatever. So I'm at home on Thursday. Yeah. I'm watching SmackDown. I'm like, they just play the spot as is, but he pulled my pants on and just put one of those, like, censored black bars over my ass, like this cartoon one. Like, didn't even pick a different camera uh-huh. angle or cut around it or anything. He just put it, like, a, like I was on cops <laughs> running away from the police naked. He put a black bar over my ass. I was like, well, that's, I mean, I think it's oh, funny, but it's kind of a little embarrassing. Oh, goodness. Wow. Um, all right, so uh, no, last, great. last I question. I met some girl between, like, uh, the taping on Tuesday and the air on Thursday, but, you know, met some hot chick on Wednesday. So I'm like, yeah, baby, check me out. I'll be on SmackDown on tomorrow night. Watch me. And she turns in for his night ass out. Harry, yeah, Harry little butt ass hanging out. <laughs> no. Who is the um, uh, Yeah, you can, you, can really get a, you can really get to know my, uh, my dark side real quick. Yeah, right. Well, the moon. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, all right, so last question of the night. Uh, how did you feel about your short time working in the Cruiserweight division? I remember your match against Gregory Helms on SmackDown. Just wanted to get your thoughts on the experience. Well, it was really cool. At that time, pretty much the whole time I was there, at various points, they kept saying, like, oh, we're going to do a cruiserweight division, oh, we're going to like actually do a cruiserweight division, we have a belt, might as well do something with it. And that was just one of those times where they said that they were going to run with it, and, and they just didn't. Like, Lenny Hurricane ended up being the champion for almost like a year and a half with, like, two title defenses because he was just mm-hmm. – they could use him so much better in a non-cruiserweight role if there wasn't a division for him to compete in. Like, he was having great matches with Matt Hardy, and he was having great matches with, like, Ben Long and stuff. He was even having matches with Hager yeah. and Kane, but – it was kind of like, well, 
as the Cruiserweight champions wrestling ever by Cruiserweight. So that was, that SmackDown that I wrestled him was supposed to, if I remember correctly, was supposed to be the beginning of him turning babyface and I was going to be a heel and I beat him in like a non-title match or something and then it was supposed to get me a title match later and then just at some point they just like, nope, we're not doing the Cruiserweight stuff. We need we need Hurricane to, uh, you know, like he's just going to be wrestling other guys, but he was just a Cruiserweight champion who never didn't have a division of wrestling. Yep, yeah, I remember that. Um, all right, so I have one more name association and then a controversial question. So do you want the sure. name association first or controversial question first? Let's do the name first. Okay, so the name is Team Impact Wrestling. Oh. I said what the phone kind of, what did you say? Uh, Impact Wrestling as a whole, TNA. Oh, you know what? It's I actually just got the chance to go to the Impact taping down in Vegas a uh, couple months ago. It's a whole different company. So I really don't know what was going on in, in TMA when the Dixie Carter got out of it and all that stuff ended. But to me, that kind of, you could put a book uh, bookend in that and say, hey, that might have been the end of TNA. Because even though what's happening now with Anthem and Scott DeMore is still called Impact Wrestling and um, and, uh, and Don Callis and everyone, what they have going on over there, it's still called Impact Wrestling. They still own all the assets of what TNA Wrestling was. Like, it really feels like a whole different thing. Like, when I went back there, it did not feel like the Impact Wrestling that I wrestled on for, like, two and a half years that, that was owned by Dixie Carter and run by Jeff Jarrett. It just felt like a whole new company. It felt very similar to when I started working for Lucha Underground. It just felt like a whole new thing. Some, some familiar faces, like when I went to Lucha Underground, I knew Krista Joseph and Johnny Nitro and Del Rio from from WWE and stuff, but, like, it was a whole new mm-hmm. – it was the same faces but a whole different product. That's what Impact Wrestling feels like to me now is a common name, but it's a new – it's a whole new – if you watch it from when uh, I believe Jeff Jarrett left the picture and Scott Demore and Don Callis took over, from that point on, it's definitely a whole new product. And, and, and in, in my opinion, it's a better product. Very interesting. Uh, I just wish that they had – Better exposure, you know, because the whole pursuit deal Friday, they're you know going and just it just seems like their exposure has been worse and worse. You know, it went from you know what you know I, sports. I, I time. agree with you about the pursuit channel possibly, or even the moves to pop TV or anything. I agree that that could be seen as a, a demo. I mean, I shouldn't say it could be seen as a demotion coming from Spike TV, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. I will say that I don't feel the future of any media, be it sports entertainment or pro wrestling sports entertainment is really going to matter anymore. The destination and time slot. I feel like the future of all media is going to be consumed on damn on demand uh, when, when, when wanted. And I feel like whatever mm-hmm. the, the pursuit network or whatever they do on TV isn't nearly as good of a deal as them being allowed to have first run content on Twitch. That's going to allow TNA to be in more homes yeah. than, any network would ever provide them to, and that's what they need right now is they need exposure more than they need the guarantee yeah. in the network is they need people to know who they are. So maybe being able to be first run on Twitch could be even better than any network deal they could potentially land. Who knows, but let's, I would think so. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope because it just seems like they're just getting just 
tougher, it's tougher and tougher just to really give them exposed. Like I, you, I agree with you 100%. The Twitch deal is a, it's a good call, um, 100%. It's just that the, the money, you know, the big money deals is typically in the television when it comes to the television. Oh, absolutely. So let's, there's, let's no, hope, there's no doubt in my mind yeah. that they're going to keep looking for another uh, television deal as well, which is probably the nicest right. part about this pursuit deal is because Anthem owns the network, I'm 100, I shouldn't say 100% sure, but I would feel very confident since Anthem owns the network, they don't have any sort of um, non-compete with Impact Wrestling. So I'm sure while they have a home on Pursuit, they're still more than welcome to mm-hmm. talk to other networks and say, hey, do you want to give us a ton of money to air Impact Wrestling? And if they come to some sort of agreement, I'm sure Pursuit would be more than happy to sign off on them switching networks to bring in income for Anthem. Yep, yep. I agree with you 100%. Yep. I, um, yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully it does work with, with, with that. Um, all right. So my, 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 here's my, here's my controversial question. Well, uh, a short question in between. Here we go. Uh, do, do you desire to work with AEW at all? That's not the controversial question, but that's my question. In between. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm a pro wrestler, man. I'm, I get in where I fit in. It doesn't matter what three letters the promotion is called. It doesn't matter who's across the ring for me, man. Like that's that's something I've always prided myself on. Is even even all the way back to before I even had a name for myself when I was doing independence and promoters were like, hell, if you work for me, you can't work for this guy, and if you work for that guy, you can't work for this guy. And I've always kicked off against that. I said, I'm a wrestler. If you would like me at your event, if you feel like I can bring something to the table for your company. And I'm, uh, you know, available to work for you. I'm happy to be there. And that go, that goes from mm-hmm. any independent promotion all the way up to AEW, all the way up to WWE, to to even Hollywood, whatever. Like, I'm a performer. I just get paid to show up to perform. That's a, that's that's the extent of my nice. commitment to a specific thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All right, so here's the controversial question. I uh, hope this doesn't uh, break up break up any of our friendship or anything. Uh, you know, I'm a business guy. I'm a journalist, and I like the riveting stuff. Uh, so here, here it is. Do you believe, does Sean Devari believe that Chris Benoit should be in the WWE Hall of Fame? If you... If you can create a construct of what it means to be in the Hall of Fame, I can answer that question. If if it means that you're talented enough or skilled enough to be in the Hall of Fame, that's one thing. If it's you are the WWE and you have to tell sponsors and advertisers you're putting this guy in the Hall of Fame, that's another thing. You have to give me a stricter mm-hmm. confines of what it means to put Chris Benoit in the Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, you know, I think uh, just – Typically, the criteria of, of WWE putting wrestlers, it, it, it's a it's a overall landscape of of their career. But as you know, especially with the China deal, the political aspect of it is is very prominent as well. So <laughs> I guess you know, that automatically China is a whole different story, though. But China is completely different. The end of China's life versus the end of Chris Benoit's life in comparison to the pro wrestling career are night and day. Like that, that's, that's the why that's the, sure, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll answer thing. the question this way. Should, should, should WWE do it? Absolutely not. Because I don't think of the negative, the negative that would come with it. I don't think would, I think the negative that comes with it would exceed the positive. Now, if we can 
rewind time and say that prior to Chris Benoit's death, if he retired from the sport of professional wrestling in the year 2005, and that was, and he just disappeared mm-hmm. like CM Punk from the pro wrestling business and never was seen again, uh, that person is, I think it's, anyone will say there's no question about it. But you can't, yeah. you don't get to pick and choose the cards were dealt, you know. This is the hand you're dealt. You can either yep. fold or you have to play it. And I think in this situation, it's a story where you would have to fold. I think that that's a, I think that's the perfect answer. <laughs> I agree with that. But, you know, it, it, it's hard. Uh, yeah. it's, it's really hard to say like you can't. Yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to. Cons- is is was his body of work in the professional wrestling business enough to warrant him a spot in the Hall of Fame? No question about it. But because right. of the circumstances of everything, is it something that should happen? I don't see anyone on the planet that would benefit from it more so than maybe some people would be hurt by it. Yep, I agree, 100%. I personally think that China should be in the Hall of Fame, though, even given the circumstances. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I think it's it's a political it's a political move for both of them, but it's much more on, on a very serious, severe uh, 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 PR disaster if Chris Benoit ever uh, you know steps foot in the Hall of Fame. China, on the other hand. Um, you know, I, I don't agree at all with what she did before, you know, just her personal life. But at the same time, I, I personally think that China should be in the Hall of Fame because there are other people in the Hall of Fame who have uh, very bad resumes in their personal life as well. So I'll, I'll tell you what, man, at the end of the end of the day, you have to look at the whole thing again is WWE creates television content at the end of the day being in the hall of fame to me mm-hmm. it lived in the same realm of being like why wasn't mr perfect world champion why wasn't razor ramon world champion there's no good answer for it even this man doesn't have a good answer for it no. if you if you, if you asked him when those guys were under his roster do you think kurt hennig and do you think got all our world champion materials and would you like to see him as world champion someday vince again probably be the front of the line saying yes that's a good idea we should do that but just sometimes things don't mm-hmm. happen. And I think we have to look at the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame the same way, too. To be the, to, for Scott Hall to never be the WWF champion, or Mr. Perfect to never be WWF champion, I don't think there's any person on the planet that could say if it happened, they would have failed. I think everybody on the planet knows that, hey, if either one of those guys were champions, they would have been a success story. There's no, there's no question yes. about that. Uh, yes. And I think people have to start looking at the Hall of Fame in the same way, too, just because – somebody is in it or isn't in it, it shouldn't make a difference what legitimizes their body of work. Like you can, you can type someone's name into the network and it could do, that could do you just as much to acknowledge their career as it could have been five, 10 years ago being put in the Hall of Fame. So I feel like yeah. it's gonna, over time, it'll become one of those things where people realize, hey, we have to do it every year. It is a television show. We do make it into a produced and rehearsed scripted product that writers work on. If you are in it or if you are not in it, I don't think that should dictate your compass. Or it should dictate your compass of how you feel about your career, what you believe others think of your career, just as much as potentially winning a championship belt. If you're the type of person sure. that feels like your career was validated by having one uh, or holding one or whatever, maybe you're the type of person that might need to be in the Hall of Fame to be validated. But if you're the type of person that says, hey, I was lucky enough to be the guy the promoter decided to make world champion, uh, if you're that guy, maybe it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. 
Good answers. Certainly good answers. Uh, I know China's uh, uh, family and representatives have been lobbying for her to to get in there via via Twitter quite a bit. That's the worst um, thing they can do. So, Let it be. Hmm. Well, I think that they feel that uh, there needs to be some type of bow on her career, and I think that's a lot of times when people feel like they do get in the Hall of Fame, they they feel like it's kind of like a bow on their career. Like I interviewed Jeff Jarrett a few months back and we talked about him being in the hall of fame. He kind of, he, he felt like that too, you know, just uh, a bow in their career. I interviewed Rikishi uh, after his hall of fame induction, same deal. Um, and, and it seems like um, I interviewed Bill Goldberg too last year, a, a little bit after his hall of fame induction. And it seems like, my consensus of the Hall of Famers I've interviewed here on the show, it seems like that they just feel as if that, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter if, if, if they make it in the Hall of Fame, but it, it really it's a it's a really good type of bow in their career that they were able to make that spot. Now, like you said, I agree with you, you know, not being a Hall of Fame or not being a Hall of Fame doesn't necessarily make or break how amazing your career was. Like, for instance, one a, a good friend of mine is Bobby Fulton, legendary tag team wrestler Bobby Fulton. You know, will he make the Hall of Fame? Probably not. I I personally think he he should. But the same thing, at the same time, does that take away him being a tag team legend? Same thing with superstar Bill Dundee. I've had him on my show two times. Legendary tag team wrestler. He has the credentials. He has the resume to make the Hall of Fame. But if he doesn't, what will that say? Okay, well, he's not as as good of a wrestler if he didn't make the Hall of Fame. So, I agree with you. Uh, really, really good point. Uh, there, absolutely. So. And again, these are my. This is just my perspective. This is my point of view as a wrestler who probably won't be in the Hall of Fame and probably isn't going to be made world champion. So it's very possible that if either one of those things by some hook or by crook land in my lap, I'll have a different perspective about it, like Jeff or like Rikishi. But yeah. you know, generally, generally, I'm trying. I was speaking on. Other people, it's it's very it's not a good idea, generally speaking, to let someone or something else dictate your value. Your value and yourself should yeah. come from yourself, and and influences from the environment around you. You shouldn't let uh, dictate your self worth. Yep, yep. Good stuff, Sean. Um, great conversation. Uh, I want you to plug the heck out of your yourself when it comes to talking about dictating yourself. Uh, I want you to plug the heck out of yourself, uh, upcoming events, and uh, everything in between. Man, you always want me in the hot seat with this thing. I don't know what I'm doing out here. Um, people want to get a hold of me, they can contact me at booksavari at gmail.com. Uh, I, I, I should put down this all my like, social media stuff, too, because I don't I don't necessarily – like, if, if you're a legitimate promoter and you want to promote uh, book me, like – you know, there's a, you know, you know a wrestler who knows me. Like I've been everywhere. I've wrestled everyone. I've done anything. If you like, it's one of those things where people ask, like, you know, how do I, how do I get a hold of you? I'm like, just try. Like if you just try, you'll succeed. Like just literally just call the only <laughs> other wrestler you know with any idea. Sean's number. I bet you they have it. Like, like it's not, it's not that. Yeah. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to be on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff for people to get a hold of me. Um, coming up, I'm going uh, to back to Japan in, in February for DDT Pro. I'm really excited. I haven't been to Japan since 2011, so I'm really excited to go back. Uh, and then, yeah, no, just now is a really, really exciting time to be a, a wrestling fan for me, actually. Like, there's so much. Like, I'm really, I have a really good barometer about trends, about things happening. I feel like a trend is 
for, you know, I've been in the wrestling business now 20 years. I've never felt this kind of forward momentum. I think, like, I started in 99 and 2001. At the same time, WCW and ECW shut down. And since 2002 and three, I feel like everything's kind of been the same-ish, maybe little blitz of stuff here and there. But, like, you know, Ring of Honor got the HD Net TV deal, like, which underground pops up, little things, like little blitz. Yeah, but this is the first time in a long yeah. time the entire industry I feel is like on an upswing. I've never, I've never felt this kind of momentum before. And I'd like to actually, next time I talk to a guy who was around from the early nineties to the late nineties, I want to ask them, you know, what did that momentum building into the, you know, two thousands felt like? Cause I wonder if it's, if they feel it, like I'm feeling it now, I'm just feeling around the globe, a growth of wrestling or interest in wrestling, which is always going to uh, filter out the less interesting stuff or force them to mm-hmm. adapt and the best stuff as we're seeing in the last few years is coming to the top. Like you see it no longer matters where you are, or who your promoter is. If you're the best anywhere, you're coming to the top. That's ring of honor. That's WWE. That's new Japan. That's clearly with all in all, all elite wrestling. Like now is a good time to be a wrestling fan because all the not so good stuff are either going to get phased out or they're going to have to learn to get good quick and the good stuff is just going to be in your face all the time. Yeah. Man, amen to that. Um, just, okay, just to be fair, there's one more question to someone who just hopped on. Just a 10-second answer because I know you got to go. Uh, sure. Daniel's asking, how do you feel personally that WWE uh, went to Saudi Arabia yet Hassan was considered too much heat to push? Also, your thoughts on them using your Iranian descent for heat in Saudi Arabia? I didn't mind any of it. It's the same thing I've done my whole career, pretty much. It doesn't matter if I'm in Japan or Saudi Arabia or even here in the United States. I, I'm the foreign bad guy, and the local babyface beats me up. It's my routine. Like I do it everywhere. It's 90% of the reason I get booked. So it doesn't, it doesn't bother right. me. Though. Puts money in your pocket, man. It's uh, it's, Dude, it's all for show it's anyway. It's funny too because I've 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 done that act everywhere. I've done that act all over the globe, but apparently just for some reason that one rubbed people. Apparently, if if Hacksaw Jim Duggan is beating me up, it's okay. But if somebody else is, it's not, it's not a big deal. <laughs> That's a good point, <laughs> man. Sean, thanks. I think uh, I think out of the six or seven times you've been on this, is probably my favorite. I'm gonna have to get one of those smokers jackets like the Saturday Night Live guys. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think you know what, man. The I think uh, JT, yeah, the J, I mean JTG said the same. He was talking about the same thing, and I said, uh, oh, uh, I was interviewing. I because I've had Ken Doan on about three or four times too, so he's moving up there. And um, that's good company, and, man. I got Ken Dykstra, Ken Anderson, JT. This is good company. I'm, I'm glad to be in this game. Yeah. Marty Elias, he's up there too. He's been on there. He's been oh, on here like never mind. Marty's times, in there. So. I don't want to be in Marty's group. <laughs> I'm out. Marty's in. I'm out of there. <laughs> Marty's in the uh, No, thanks. But, that's funny. Uh, I don't know. Well, you know, it's, it's so funny because uh, I think that's a good point. I think I think I need some type of jacket, some type of five-timers uh, club jacket. I don't know. If you're going to be at Mania, maybe I'll give you like a plaque or something. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, sounds good. Sean, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, dude. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Man, oh, man. Wow. 
Good stuff. Sean Davari. Um, that was fantastic, man. <clears throat> so a uh, big uh, shout out to Sean Davari for being on the show tonight. And uh, that was absolutely fantastic. All right. So, um, uh, and he just texted me. Thanks, pal. <clears throat> uh, thank you. You're welcome. Public, publicly say you're welcome, man. Uh, Make it very, very public. Uh, kudos to Sean Navari, man. Uh, always one of my favorite, favorite uh, people to bring on the show. Um, and I'm going to text him back, actually. <clears throat> and uh, I'm going to text him back. Uh, thank you, because I really appreciate him coming on the show. Um, all right, so let's let's dig right into it. Let me bring in my, my boy, Evan Tech Proud. How you doing, sir? Doing well. What, what an honor and privilege it is to be back. In the land of living, living yeah, man. mothership. Do apologize for the Facebook yes, noise. The chat to my buddies uh, that was listening in. Great old uh, interview by yeah. Davari, who's who I would say is a is a Hall of Fame candidate for the pro, power for the pancakes and power slam show. Only yes, been on sir. About 10 Absolutely, times. he's a regular. I know we all got our regulars. <laughs> so right. mine on your show. You have yours. No, you're right. Yeah, man. Yours, so, so good, man. Um, P and P Hall of Fame. I like. Us as black people should be happy. We it only took us a few years. We finally got a black man as a champion. Good old, good old, yeah. good old, good old. My good old brother Lashley, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> which you know, uh, yeah. you know, Featherstone. I, uh, I, I, I told you I, I, we was with niggas uh, got WrestleMania weekend and uh, Matt Fay was WrestleMania weekend. Uh, ran into him and uh, what's the other dude? Um, Kenny King. It was uh, mm-hmm. Lashley, Kenny King, and uh, one of the UFC guys. Um, mm-hmm. Rampage Jackson or one of them dudes. Lashley does maybe Big Mo or King Mo. Mo. King Mo. No, it wasn't He's Big not. Mo. It wasn't Big Mo. But in, anyway, I ran King, into King Lashley. King Mo. King Mo. It ran into Lashley, ran into um, Kenny King, cool guys. You know, we talked off there. And we, we did it. We did an interview. Of course, like you, you know how it is. I could never post it because he's about to go to WWE. And we jokingly mm-hmm. said, all right, Bobby, once you say with your loudest voice, welcome. Good evening. He got all pumped up. And as he's about to talk, he said, <laughs> just like this. So, Lashley does not talk loud. That is him. He's soft-spoken. Even his regular voice is inside. Yeah, but I'm happy for Lashley being the IC champ, black. I think the last black IC champ we had, Benjamin. Was it Benjamin? We had, was it he the last one? Um, oh, wow. That's a good point. I think it was black. Black. I think it was my man Ahmed. <laughs> Anybody got any comments on all oh, man? I'm still friends with them. I can't text them. Like, Y'all got any all man Johnson heaven. questions? It won't be uh, pancakes <laughs> or power slam appropriate. So uh, how that? <laughs> you know how all oh, man is. So Tony is. But uh, yeah, I oh man, all oh, man, the uh, all oh, man oh, Godfather. Oh man, <clears throat> what you did? What you stepped into the zone? Into the zone. You see, oh, it. it's kind of like an end zone. Once you're in there, you score. Because <laughs> I'm coming 
One of the worst promos no, ever. Uh, man. Just, no, no, <laughs> no. The worst is Warzone, the video game. Uh, go on Warzone. Oh, yeah, the Warzone ones. Yeah, those Click were, on them. were terrible. You thought yeah. WCW Thunder Game rants was crazy? Yes. Uh, oh, Warzone. man. What a, I think um, we had, uh, I think it's, it's Ahmed, Godfather, Schultz and Benjamin was Rick Flair called him Schultzkin because of the list, and mm. then I think Lashley, if I'm right. Wow, I never really kind of I never really I thought about that. Thought about that last night. Black Intercontinental Champions. Somebody mentioned there's only Kofi. been four. Well, somebody said Kofi. Yeah, Kofi was champ. Yeah, Kofi was champ. Says all men. And the Booker man, you can't forget about Booker T dog. Benjamin. He was in a kind of yeah. Oh yeah, one hand. Booker T was, yeah. Was, well, Booker was kind of six, right? Yeah, Booker was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. He was feeling Christian. For Benjamin Booker, Kofi. Yeah, six. Thilo was not. Uh, wait a minute, Thilo. Yeah, he was. He was. Your continental. He was. He was. He, he was Euro continental. Biggie. Oh, yeah, Biggie was too. MVP. Yeah. Nope, MVP nope. was U.S. champ. You, yeah, MVP was U.S. Nope, was I.C. Let me see. Yeah, but, hey, me I mean, I'm, I'm sad for last year. He gives a good deal. Um, I thought, well, I know we're talking going ahead and raw, but I'm just happy about that. Yeah. Oh, no, it's all right. Uh, I wasn't planning on uh, saying about raw. Did GSC say Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> Uh, All right, so we got a bunch of Ask Chris questions. Um, Davari uh, texted me back here. He said, "He said very laid back. uh, He said very laid back vibe, more conversational with me and you than some other hosts. So, thank you for putting my show over, man. Thank you for putting me over. Uh, Very much appreciate that." All right, uh, let's see. List of Intercontinental Champions. <clears throat> and the flyer says thumps up or thumps down. So uh, I wanted to uh, give a shout-out to JYD <laughs> for a second. Uh, of course, it's uh, thumbs up or thumbs down, but we're going to do thumps up and thumps down um, uh, regarding Finn Balor and, 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 and Brock Lesnar. That's going to be our raw coverage mostly. All right, so I'm going through the list of Intercontinental Champions here. As a matter of fact, um, all right, so there's, so of course, Pat Patterson. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to name all of them, actually. <laughs> uh, Patterson, Patera, Morales, uh, Morocco, uh, Tito, Valentine, Savage, Steamboat, Honky Tonk Man, Warrior Rude, Perfect. Uh, Tornado, uh, Brett, Mountie, Piper, Bulldog, Michaels, Janetti, Razor Ramon, Diesel, Razor, uh, excuse me, Diesel, Jarrett, um, <clears throat> Dean Douglas, Goldust, Ahmed. So the first Black Intercontinental Champion was in 1996, which was uh, 17 years after the title started. Yeah. Um, and then Mero, 
another black intercontinental champion. I forgot him. Um, <clears throat> Triple H, The Rock, Owen, Austin, Shamrock, Val Venus, Road Dog, Godfather, uh, Edge, D'Lo, China, Jericho, Angle, Benoit, Rikishi, uh, Guerrero, Billy Gunn, Hardy, <coughs> Kane, Albert, Lance Storm, uh, Christian, Test, Regal, RVD, uh, uh, Booker T, Dog, Orton, Shelton Benjamin, Carlito, Flair. Flair won the title in 2005. Oh, man. Yeah, Flair won. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Nitro. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Umaga. Kofi. Kofi won in 2008. Uh, Punk, JBL, Mysterio. Um, It's funny, Jericho hasn't won. It's been 10 years, almost 10 years since Jericho won his last IC uh, IC championship. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Ziggler, Barrett, Ezekiel Jackson. That's another uh, black intercontinental champion. Just talked to him today, actually. Uh, <clears throat> need to get him on the show. I talk to him pretty often uh, now, actually. Who was that? Need to get Ezekiel on the show. Ezekiel oh, yeah, Jackson. Yeah, good dude. Yeah. Ezekiel. Yeah. He is, yeah, very good dude. Strong believer, too. Um, uh, who else? Cody, Show, <clears throat> Miz, <clears throat> Curtis Axel. And. Random Curtis Axel beat Chris Jericho. Um, <clears throat> I think it was at a pay per view. I forgot what pay per view it was, but he beat Chris Jericho. I think for the Intercontinental Champion uh, to to I think to retain the Intercontinental Championship. I forgot what show it was, but I'm like, man, they really <clears throat> they really try to do something with with Axel. <clears throat> they realized it was just DOA, really. Um, yeah. But he kept it. He kept the belt for like. Uh, like what four, five months four months no like yeah. over over five months <clears throat> for, for um i see title was like let's just throw this on you as a tester and to see how well you do oh for sure yeah you absolutely know. yeah back in the day yeah. you had you had uh, to work it's, you had to be legit to have that yeah problem. Case in point, Luke Harper. That's the next one. <laughs> Big oh, fan wow. of Luke Harper's nice. work, but uh, yeah, wow. he beat he beat Ziggler, and then Ziggler got it right back like three weeks later, three, uh, less than a month later. Harper's well, um, get talent. Yeah. No, fantastic talent, but they, they it doesn't fit for the mode. Uh, he's either go to NXT yeah. or go somewhere else because he's he's orthodox. He will work. He would have worked great in the late '80s in the NWA or the territories, or you know, where oh, sure. he can get with that that rugged look. But yep. you know, he definitely a Bruiser Brody look to him. Um, Ryback, Kevin, uh, Daniel Bryan, oh, Ryback, Kevin Owens, Ambrose, Ryder, Reigns, and Lashley. Rollins, Reigns, Rollins, and then Lashley. Those are the first. Uh, those are all the Intercontinental Champions. Um, <clears throat> all right, so let's address a few of these Ask Chris questions 
before we get into um, the headlines um, and um, let's see and then the um, the flavor of the week. So I don't know if we'll. I want to. I want to get real quick on the main events here uh, on, on uh, just the the rest of the content because I want to. I want to address as many as I can with these Royal Rumble main events. So the, the plan is getting fifteen years worth, so we got to get started on this real quick. Um. <clears throat> all right. A few ask Chris questions. Uh, PG chat, uh, just to just to make sure. Thanks everybody for being a part of the chat room. Fantastic! Thanks for all the newcomers <clears throat> um, that is on the chat here. Um, Daniel, thanks to Holocast Grab. <clears throat> um, uh, wrestlers, a bunch of wrestlers that I know have said the same thing. They would agree with you. I feel WWE started to put respect on UK's wrestler's name when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Good point. Very good point. Speaking of that, uh, I watched TakeOver UK Blackpool. Very, very solid show. Um, you know, I'm like, <clears throat> Finn Balor should stay there because the, it seemed like that that's where he would get more over, most over at. If he, I mean, that would really help the UK product. But I was actually surprised that uh, Pete Dunne, uh, retain the title. I thought I thought Joe Coffee was going to win, but um, I was I'm, I, I love Mustache Mountain. That's one of my favorite teams out right now. And uh, you know, I actually wrote down my top five favorite uh, WWE theme songs, and here they are. <clears throat> see if you can see that. Five Bianca Belair, uh, four The Velveteen Dream, three Mustache Mountain two Drew McIntyre, and one Undisputed Era. That's my top five uh, WWE <coughs> And you're not going right to put now. Nakamura? Did you Nakamura theme up there? No. Come on, man. Nope. Come on. <laughs> nope. Come on. Nope. We all five. know the greatest theme of all time is the Mr. Wonderful theme. From Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, all right. so, uh, Brandon's asking were, Was I shocked by a lack of pop for Hogan and Raw Nope I was not nope. Actually Nope um, Alright Any more Ask Chris questions <clears throat> Who's going to win the AFC title pass for Chiefs uh, I'm going Chiefs Can you hear me now I'm Chiefs Mr. Abels <laughs> Uh, multi, um, good questions, guys. There's a lot of good questions here. Uh, multi's asking, uh, do I think, uh, what I just saw, I just saw a question from him. I'm sorry. Um, sorry. I apologize, guys. I have to, I have to. Delete these uh, non-PG. <laughs> yeah, they, they, thank you, uh, GHP. I, I just left left my office. Uh, I, one I did yeah. see was AEW. Uh, how, I think multi asked, "How do we think? Well, do you think that's us? How successful will be?" Oh, okay, okay, yep, there it is. AEW. How, how successful I think AEW will be. Um, 
<laughs> I went on a rant. I went on a Featherstone rant last week. I don't know if we'll have enough time for that segment this week, but we'll make it a frequent segment. Um, real quick, trivia. Uh, what was Giant Gonzalez known as in WCW? <clears throat> um, 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 yeah, so I went on my Featherstone rant uh, last week, Multi. The best way that I can explain that to you is to check out last week's show and you know I, I timestamp all of my segments so it'll, it'll, it'll talk about the uh, AEW I think it was the one hour and six minute mark and I ran it for about 32 minutes so <laughs> that's the best to describe that actually um, Blackstar is asking uh, do I think Eric Bischoff will be creative a uh, creative for AEW um, good question um, he doesn't want to travel. Probably mm-hmm. have to do with travel. It's a lot of traveling. So, because I think he wants to remain a homebody, um, I, I don't think he'll do a lot of. Good job, Daniel Eligante. <clears throat> Eligante. Um, I don't think he'll do a lot of extra travel-related stuff. So, um. Brandon's asking, do I think Finn would be the demon of Royal Rumble? He better be. Uh, you know, 40,000 strong Phoenix uh, stadium events. It's like, like a mini mania. You got to go all out, man. You better. Uh, so um, uh, there's, a, there's another good one. There's an ask Gavin. Uh, yeah, go for it. Ask Gavin. Uh, Multi's asking who? you. I'm glad I can hear you properly now. Who do you think would win the Royal Rumble? Gosh. It's too early to tell. I can tell you a list of people who it won't be. Shane McMahon, anybody that's black, any minorities. Um, Let's see. Triple H. And I'm choking around. I I don't know, man. What was that for this time? I missed this question. Uh, I don't know. It's, I, it, you, a lot of times in WWE, the way they used to do it is they used to, you could kind of see the light. You, they would start pushing the talent where you could say, okay, he's going to win. But, I mean, Elias would be cool. Uh, it's kind of tough this year, man. It's, who are you going to have win? Um, Elias is really up there. Would he give it to Lashley? Um I honestly don't know. Right now, I don't know. Ask me that the week of the Rumble. Ask me that next week. Then I can have a better idea. Um, but we always play games for the son of who, who won't win the Rumble. That's that's a lot. That's that's fun. Our truth. Yeah, yeah. He won't win. <laughs> he won't. I love our truth, but he won't. He won't. Robbins won't win. Even with Dean. Ron's may, uh, Rollins may, unless he, unless, unless they have him win the Elimination Chamber, because it seems like they're still doing yeah. Rollins, Lesnar at Mania, which I don't, I just, I don't, I don't want to see it. I, I don't. Rollins um, against Lesnar. But yeah, they still have that. Uh, they still have that uh, scheduled, slated. Um, but they can, they can try to. Oh no! All right, so go ahead. Unless The Rock, no, they, they was teasing about The Rock coming back. 
if, if they can sign the Rock and D Rock versus Brock, because Vince, Vince at the end of the day, he needs a he needs a money maker match. And if the Rock yeah. is available, hey. <clears throat> but it's still it's still it's still Rollins as of now. So. Uh, <laughs> hell. Yeah, unfortunately. That, I'm sorry. Um, it, it, it does not. Uh, that's gonna be an ugly match. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So while we was asking if it wasn't for AEW, if it wasn't for AEW with the Young Bucks helping Finn win the title off of Brock, uh, the Roman would be the perfect scenario for them debut. <clears throat> um, mm, kind of like a Bullet Club type thing since they. <laughs> Living in multi, um, Austin, that rider won't win. You're right. I don't know. Now I'm I'm for a heel Balor. Um, if he Demon had Baylor? not by himself, I'm 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 not for a heel Balor by himself. I am for a heel Balor if he was in a faction. I've said that before. I think Balor should turn heel. And um, reunite with the club on SmackDown. I've said that before. Um, I'll be okay with that. But uh, and then him and the Bucks—they don't have. They're not a threatening faction. So I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm sold on that. <clears throat> All right, um, we're on SmackDown grades. Actually, let's let's do some headline music real quick, man. Let's uh, real quick, like. Super duper fastly, quickly, fastly, quickly, because I really want to get into these uh, Royal Rumble Man events. <clears throat> so, um, real quick, let's go get into these headlines. Here we go. Okay. Um. Raw and SmackDown grades. Uh, so Chris Jericho signed a three-year deal. He said he, uh, you know, he's cool with not going back to WWE because he think, you know, he's he's at a point where he doesn't necessarily have to go to, to WWE. But he did not um, take it fully away. So um, I think we'll see Jericho back in WWE personally. Um, this is the thing. Yeah, Jericho just real quick. Jericho just posted. A picture of his IG, um, calling Triple H a good brother. Do the good and the bad. Yeah. Not sure if you saw it. Yeah. Jericho has a good relationship with WWE. Jericho has one of the few things everybody wished he could. He can do whatever he wants and still come back. Jericho's at their place. Yeah. He's going to trial AEW, see how it goes. And, and Jericho is still going to be welcome with open arms. He has a good relationship with Vince. He has a good relationship with Triple H. And that's pretty much all you need. It's a business deal. He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll. <clears throat> I think we'll see him again. Um. So the call ups for Raw and SmackDown. Let's let's do the Raw. Actually, go ahead and do the Raw and SmackDown grades as you're as you're um, doing it now. Raw and SmackDown. Great. Uh, um. My boy's asking uh, when did WWE start to put a major emphasis on wrestlers? Con- Constantly pointing at the WrestleMania sign. Um, 
That's a good 20? question. I remember, Batista, I remember, I remember Batista doing an L five. Yeah, but he, doing yeah, doing he, he started, I would say like, yeah, 04. Because remember, WrestleMania 20, that's when he first had to sign up, and everybody started pointing mm-hmm. to it. Because it was WrestleMania with the double X's. 04, that's, that's when Bill Wild won, right? Yeah, but 04 was when yeah. they, they they started kind of leading. That's, that's when they first started the whole sign thing, because it was like 20 years of mania, WrestleMania, right. 20 years. <laughs> Yeah, all right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Last, I was was getting a lot of uh, positive reactions towards last week when Vince McMahon was talking to Kevin Dunn about (laughs) about (laughs) uh, Kurt Hawkins taking taking Chris Jericho's spot on the intro. Take out, hit him. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Take him off. Take him off. And I love Ron Bass. Anyone. Oh, man. Even Virgil. <laughs> Put anyone on there. Anyone. Yeah. Mike Wicker. Um, <laughs> Where's Iron Mike? Oh, he's he's passed away. I'm sorry. Uh, the family of Iron Mike Sharp. How about, uh, how about, what 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 about, what I got about it. Virgil? Get Get that one guy, Hakushi. Get him. What <laughs> lonely Virgil on the intro. <laughs> and, and the um, old time Mark, Frenchie Martin at him. Oh, there you go. Frenchie Martin. Um, yeah, it's so crazy, man. Uh, Iron Mike Sharp. We, I mean, we were talking about Iron Mike Sharp passing away. I don't think we we should have. He was one of the greatest uh, yeah. enhancement talents ever. Him and um, Jones. Really, really put people over, yeah. Um, but I tell you what, you put lonely, you put lonely Virgil on the Titantron. Put him on there now, Kevin Dunn. Put him. Adam Richter. She's not uh, Malty's asking, do you think Vacant is the greatest WWE wrestler of all time? He's got every t- every <laughs> title ever in the company. Yes, hundred percent. Why is why is Vacant not in the Hall of Fame? That is just vacant, that is a disgrace. Vacant, um, absolutely to be announced. Yeah, TBA. Um, <laughs> TBA has been on every single card. The most popular. Uh, host of the most popular feature of every card is TBA. Uh, next trivia question Who did Taka Mitsunoko defeat to win his first WWE light heavyweight title? <clears throat> TBA and Vacant are the one two punch of uh, sports entertainment. Um, all right, so thumbs up. Uh, okay, so let's see. We have uh, Solid B for both from Wild Boy. Uh, I think Daniel said it was a dumpster fire. A raw grade dumpster fire. SmackDown was a tire fire aside from Almas versus the series. All right. I, I get Raw a B. SmackDown. I don't know what in the world was happening at the end. Hey, uh, coast to coast for a Terminator with ice, with ice cream cake. Yeah. What was going on? SmackDown, yeah. Yeah. Uh, SmackDown, I'll give it a C. Plus. <laughs> uh, Raw was actually solid, a uh, solid show. Um, I enjoyed it uh, for the most part. Um, hey. Well, it didn't surprise me that Balor was going to uh, 
when actually that's in the thumb, thumps up or thumps down as we're going to do, we're going to do a JYD style tonight. Um, uh, thumps up or thumps down. Uh, should Finn Balor, Finn Balor versus Lesnar WrestleMania. What do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down or thumps up and thumps down. We'll do a thumbs JYD down. style. We got, we got a WrestleMania um, main event. Uh, all right. So let's, let's, let's zoom through this. Uh, we only got about 10 minutes or so. Um. Yeah, Raw B. I enjoyed Raw overall. There was a bunch of moments that I didn't necessarily care about, but I like how I like it, it had an attitude era feel to it because it actually there was a story that went through, and I, I love just uh, interweaving stories through, and that's what wrestling should be. It's a, it's a comic book come to life. You got to give me a story. Now we 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 kind of had that, <clears throat> so. From what I've heard, I think Meltzer reported um, uh, Finn Balor versus uh, Strowman was uh, the plan ever since I think Crown Jewel. Uh, so it's been like about about six, uh, it's been about two months uh, of the plan now, uh, because <clears throat> Strowman with his elbow surgery and they want to protect Strowman and not have Lesnar uh, beat him again, which makes sense. <clears throat> um, they went. They they just decided to to throw Finn in there, and and the thing is, Finn was supposed to be the opponent for uh, Lesnar last Rumble, if y'all remember. But um, uh, apparently Vince pulled the plug on on that one. But a year later, he's the in a bigger stage. Actually, actually worked out for Finn. He's not going to win, but uh, it actually worked out for Finn because it's a bigger stage. So. You know, my thing is uh, thumbs down for me with that. Uh, I, you know, there's just Finn Balor's damaged goods for the most part. Uh, I think he can have like a good IC run, perhaps, or or good. You know, he was uh, on the IC feud last year uh, with the triple threat with him, Rollins, and and the Miz, and I actually thought he was going to win that. I was actually surprised that Rollins won, but I was fine with it. I was there live, and it was pretty cool. Um. Yeah, yeah, but I, I yeah, I, I'm not sold on it at all. It just, it just the, the the size, such a mismatch. Uh, oh. Balor has. I mean, he's been pushed the past two or three weeks or so, but I don't think he's a strong enough baby face to really go against Lesnar. And it just seems like they're just flushing it out right now. So I, I'm I'm okay with them flushing it out, which we'll get to the point. They they did. They had a lot of. Feuds like that when it comes to WWE for the Royal Rumble, um, they just kind of flush you know wrestlers out or feuds out. So, all right. So uh, for the sake of time, let's jump right into the uh, for the week. Um, so the answer for the um, let me see if we have any uh, pancake uh, thumbs up and thumbs down. Demon Finn versus the uh, versus uh, oh good job on move <clears throat> Brian Christopher Brian Christopher uh, what pay per view did Lex Luger debut as the unveil as the narcissist what paper did pay per view did he unveil as the narcissist um Daniel said he loved uh, he 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 loved uh, JYD when he was a kid I did too huge JYD fan. Um, 
<laughs> How dare you insult by saying remember anything from last year? <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, all right. So there you go. Ico Pro. There you go. All right. So uh, Flavor of the Week, let's do this. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right. So let's um, let's zoom through these main events. <clears throat> Ten minutes. Um, let's see. I mean, um, well, the interesting question, Daniel. How, how do you openly mock one of the very criticisms why you didn't push the guy to begin with? Crafts on Bowery even more. No, I don't agree with that because I think that you have to. The the problem is you can't just thrust him. You can't just poorly book him for so long and then <clears throat> thrust him um, right. into a big old roar rumble spot against Brock Lesnar and expect anyone to be like, oh, this is legit. Okay. Like I just you just you just can't do that. He's not at the point right now. They're like, oh yeah, he's 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 a legit competitor for 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 Lesnar. Um, he could have been. Um, I think if he, I think if he does the demon at uh, uh, at Chase Field, I think that that would work uh, a lot actually. But um, other than that, um, you, you need more time to, to to build him back up. Honestly, good job, uh, Brandon. Uh, nineteen ninety three Royal Rumble. <clears throat> All right, so here's the deal. <clears throat> We're gonna make this very fast. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Daniel said he's not disagreeing with that. They're totally doing it as damage control to placate uh, TikTok fans. Uh, yep, good point. <clears throat> um, all right, so here's the deal. So I was talking about the main events of the Royal Rumble. <clears throat> I'm going to make this fast because I want to get until 2003. Uh, so the main event for <clears> – <throat> so here's the deal. Uh, if, it's, if it happened, if the Royal Rumble was the last – if the Royal Rumble was the last uh, match on the um, uh, on the card, um, it, we're going to count the one beforehand. So, uh, so interesting enough, the Islanders defeating the Young Stallions in the two out of three falls <laughs> match was the the last match on the Rumble for '88. So that that was just kind of odd to me. It was it was yeah, a it short was. match. It was less than 15 minutes long. Uh, thank you, GFP. Support uh, Pancakes and Power Sam Show on Patreon. Um, you'll see that right there. You'll see their website there, please. And here's the thing, real quick. I was th- I, w- I was doing a lot of thinking over the past week, and I was like, okay, you know what? The point of the Patreon <clears throat> is to give people exclusive content to do these interviews, to, to, to migrate the interviews over to the Patreon specifically. But if you're listening right now live, if you're listening to this video cast, uh, or broadcast, however you want to call it, archived. If you're listening to this on the <clears throat> the Attitude Era Facebook uh, version or <clears throat> on audio, here's the deal. If you give to the th- – this is what I was thinking about, okay? So if you give to the Patreon, if you, if you support the show, I'll keep the interviews rolling free and live, okay? That's what I'll do. <clears throat> but I'll move them over and transition them over to exclusive members if <clears> – <throat> I don't see much support coming from the Patreon. Okay, is that a deal? 
I'll keep the interviews coming. I'll keep the uh, awesome content coming on a weekly basis. If you just, you know, <clears throat> give and support through Patreon. So wh- however you're listening to this, live, taped, archived, audio, however you're listening to this, go to www.patreon.com slash pancakes and power slams. Please give, please show your support. I get, honestly, I'll give you my numbers right now. I get uh, six to 10,000 listeners a week. So, um, so for all, all the, all the people who listen every week, so that's, you know, 40, you know, that's a 20, around 25 to 40,000 listeners a month. So uh, it was huge for, for absolutely huge in the podcast world. So, Big numbers. Thank you very much for that. So for everybody who listened to the show, all those 40,000 people who listen, um, give, go to the Patreon. Thank you for your support. Here's the deal. I will continue to um, have the weekly interviews, okay, if you do that. So we'll we'll make that a deal. I'm I'm seeing some people in the chat room uh, agreeing with that. We'll do it. All right, go to Patreon, give, no we'll keep the interviews coming. Uh, if you don't do it, we'll move. We'll, we'll honor the people who have give to, given to Patreon, and we'll um, do the exclusive stuff there. And we'll start, I, I want to start doing um, – WWE won't let me do any watch parties anymore, so they ping my stuff, both audio and video. But yeah. just follow my Twitter. Uh, follow Chris Prolific about that. Um, but I want to start – Getting to the point where, and this is again through pay. This is through Patreon. Okay, so if you give on Patreon, this is what we'll do. I want to start getting to the point where we'll, of course, keep it keep it PG. But I want to start doing like live hangouts with uh, like multiple people um, on the um, you know on the video <clears throat> cast with me, just asking questions and things like that, and. Just having some fun with it. So <clears throat> give to the Patreon. I got a bunch of fun ideas, uh, especially for WrestleMania. I want to have some uh, <clears throat> some live Q&As uh, at my room <laughs> for, for WrestleMania. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, some expenses for that, too. So I'd appreciate all your help. So, all right. <clears throat> so uh, let's move over to um, let's move over to 89 real quick because we have like two minutes. So. <laughs> Might not be able to cover all of them. Uh, someone just gave to Patreon. Thank you so much. And I just got that. I just got the alert. And I'll and and I'll plug with all the listeners you you heard. I saw. I'll plug your. Um, if you give the Patreon, I'll also plug your Twitter handle too. Get, help you with some um, some pub there. All right. Uh, so next World Rumble was. Haku and Harley Race, that was really interesting. Mm, yeah. uh, both were heels. Haku had a mean super kick there. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think he did in your mouth. Have you ever been a live show live at a venue? Yeah. I I, I go to uh, this year, but the third year that I've been at WrestleMania doing coverage. So I do live Q&As uh, during WrestleMania weekend. <clears throat> I get backstage to a bunch of shows. <clears throat> I'll be at MLW show and I'll be at uh, the ROH show uh, this year. Um, Duggan defeating Boss Man. That was really interesting. Um, The DQ, super over. 
um, 91, let's see, 91, we got what? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, DiBiase and Virgil. DiBiase Virgil, Virgil. Uh, turned baby face. Dude, that was super, he was super that over was at that moment. Yeah, the the crowd reaction was huge, man. I was like, "Whoa, Virgil actually, Virgil actually can say something about himself at this moment, man." Because they it was like the the eruption was was big, and so I was pretty impressed about yeah. that. I didn't realize how open it was in that segment. So I didn't was, either. Uh, I was really, no, yeah, ninety two. Cool. Ninety two. The natural disasters defeated Legion of Doom by count out. That was. Like, yeah, but count out, yeah, the yeah, like eight minutes yeah. or something. <laughs> um, ninety-three. Let's let's at least try to get to two thousand. Um, so Brett and Razor. Oh yeah, that match was good uh, by submission for the Intercontinental Championship. Brett beat Razor. Ninety-four. Um, Ninety-four. Ninety-five. Just. Weren't very good years. <laughs> WWE. Um, Yokozuna uh, defeated The Undertaker in the casket match. Y'all remember yeah, that uh, when he got jumped? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he, uh, Marty, I think Marty Janetti was the person who played the, the doppelganger, the, the, the silhouette of uh, yeah, The well, Undertaker, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, one, two, three, K, and Bob Holland defeated Bam Bam Bigelow and Tatanka uh, for the vacant. Yeah. There you go, multi vacant uh, WWE championships. Um, interesting, interesting um, team there. Ninety six, we had uh, Taker defeating Bret Hart by disqualification. Uh, <laughs> Taker uh, Bret Hart retained it by qualification. Almost a half an hour match. It was a pretty thorough match. Yeah. Pretty solid match too. But didn't it have the whole WrestleMania? Uh, what's that? Didn't it have to, uh, set up WrestleMania with Diesel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Diesel, yeah, that was the year of uh, Diesel. Um. <laughs> Michael's beating uh, Sid for the uh, for the world for the WWE Championship uh, at 97. Though um, that's when you had Jose Lothario uh, super playing the super babyface role there, especially uh, winning the past two World Rumbles and moving over to the babyface role there, and then the DX. Michael defeating the Undertaker in a casket match. Um, yeah, well, Undertaker just won. Wasn't very good at casket matches. No, there's also the uh, night uh, Michael was injured his back with that with that bump. Yep, that was the, that was the, uh, the the bump where he took with the uh, uh, the back. But uh, as Vince Man would say, back body drop. Back body drop. Uh, oh, what a maneuver! Two thousand was. Uh, the Rock defeating Mankind, the I Quit match. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was that was awesome. Man. That that man, kudos to Foley, man. He he took some mean mean uh, chair shots, man. <clears throat> he took some mean bumps at that point. 
so Triple H and Cactus Jack for the street fight for the WWE Championship in 2000. That was like uh, one of you know one of many of uh, <laughs> uh, Foley and Triple H matches. That was that was a pretty good match. Good match, yeah. Super, Even the Rock did a cameo. Super good. Angle defeating Triple H to retain the championship uh, 2001. That was a good match, too. That was a very good match, actually. Uh, I think we can get through them. All right, 2002 was uh, Jericho defeating The Rock to retain the Undisputed Championship. I'm marked out at that because uh, he uh, could beat Austin the next, the next month in No Way Out. I was actually pretty surprised that he actually beat that. Uh, and then 2003, oh, uh, it was a good match. It was a good match. Uh, Jericho was pretty over at that time. 2003, um, Angle defeating Benoit by submission. That was a fantastic great. match, actually. Great, really, match. Really, uh, one great of the best match. Really, really matches ever, actually. Very yeah. good match. All right, so there you go. We got through them. <laughs> now, hopefully, next week we'll do the next uh, 2004 to 2018. Um, all right, sounds good. Uh, fantastic show as always, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, until next week, three fifty-five in the books. Oh, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless, and always remember, I do it for you. Have a blessed night. Good week. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.